Extra Life unites thousands of gamers around the world to play games in support of their local Children's Miracle Network hospital. Since 2008, Extra Life has raised more than $40 million for sick and injured kids. Visit geektherapy.com slash extra life to learn more and join us on November 3rd in raising funds to help kids. Welcome to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Network. I'm Josue Cardona with Ali Matu. Yo! And Lara Taylor. Hey! Lauren is at a wedding, I believe. She'll be back next week. You know she's going to be here next week because next week we start, uh, we're going to talk horror. We're going to get all ah! spoopy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm so scared. <laughs> all right, so let's uh, do a quick community catch up. Community catch up. On the network, uh, Jedi Council has released two episodes in the last couple of weeks um, one on restorative justice and one on Asian representation in Crazy Rich Asians and Hamilton. Uh, Starship Therapies did an episode on the power of play, and Superhero Therapy did one on psychology of DC superheroes. And I always focus on the network, people who have podcasts or blogs on the network, but I want the community catch up segment to be more about the community at large. So anybody who feels like they're a part of this community who has something going on, meaning they're presenting at a conference or they have a blog post or a cool project, anything like that, I want to be able to showcase more people. So here's the plan. If you feel like you're a part of this community and you want people to know what's going on, there is a forum thread now called Community Catch-Up. It's going to be one thread and I want you to post on there whenever you have something cool going on. It happens a lot in the Facebook group, but it's harder to keep track of. So if it's all in one forum thread, it'll be easier for me to keep track of and then pull from it and then put it here at the beginning of every GT radio and also in a special email called Community Catch-Up to our mailing list. I've been trying to keep track of what's going on, but unless people post it in one specific place, it's not going to happen. So that's, that's the deal. I will put a link in the show notes and we'll keep talking about it every week from now on. Uh, so for today's topic, let's talk about some badass female heroes. Hell yeah. I'm down. Oh yeah. So let's start with Doctor Who. We just... <laughs> it's not horrible, but it was, it was like... <laughs> My wow wow was pretty good. Your, your wow wow was, was pretty good, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm really excited because... Um, uh, Ali, I know you were really excited. You, you yes. were like, we need to talk about this when this happens. Yes. And, and Lara uh, has, like like I was at one point, um, I, I tried to watch Doctor Who and I was like, this, I, I, can't, I can't do this. This is garbage. <laughs> That's garbage. I cannot. Right? <laughs> the effects um, are horrible. This makes no sense. Yeah, what's up with these m- mannequins and stuff? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Lara was like that until now. She saw this episode too. So I can't wait to get uh, her reactions. I've got an opinion too. So I want, I want to start with you, Ali. What did you think? Like, let's just have general reactions first. Uh, what did you think of the episode? So, uh, so we, we got to mention that you're the one who got me into Doctor Who. I think it was a conversation um, like four years to the day ago where you were like, hey, Ali, you should check out Doctor Who. And I was like, mm, yeah, I tried, but mm, it's so weird. And then you're like, I'm going to give you five episodes and you're going to watch them. And I watched them and I love them. And for me, Doctor Who is, um, it's an interesting thing because I don't have this long in-depth understanding of the canon and I haven't watched every episode of the new series, but I've watched a good amount and I've read a lot of Wikipedia pages about Doctor Who. Um, I've been excited with every new regeneration i was very excited about the um 
the last doctor, uh, Peter Capaldi's doctor, and I watched a good amount of that. But I have never been as excited as I have been for this doctor, for our first female doctor. My general reactions, awesome. Awesome town, awesome sauce, awesomeness. That is my general reaction. Thank you. <laughs> uh, it's funny to hear you talk about the new series, which started 13 years ago and is now on its 11th season. 13 years? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was 2005. It was the reboot. Yeah, It's like as many doctors as, as we've had. 14, technically. I mean, it depends how you count it. Well, you That's know, there's, like there's a war almost doctor. as long as, as Grey's Anatomy doctors. Oh, my gosh. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> that is the mashup we need to see. Oh, no, I no would love that. <laughs> I'm picturing things now. <laughs> we don't, and uh, and yeah. So I'm like crazy Doctor Who fan. I have my sonic screwdriver here. Like I'm, I'm. I'm yes. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan. So, Laura, you, you what did mean, you think? You mean your sonic Swiss Army knife? Yes. Which <laughs> except no, for so, the knife, because the knives so, are so. So I mean, I guess spoilers. Like, well, we're definitely going to talk about the episode. Yeah. If you if you haven't watched Doctor Who. Stick around because we're going to talk. Like I think, especially Lara's perspective will be interesting. And if you did watch the new episode, definitely. Um, so, Lara, what did you think of the episode? So, like you said earlier, I had tried watching Doctor Who, and I was like, "Oh, I don't know about this." And I knew that you know special effects had gotten a lot better, budgets got bigger. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I think I texted you right after and said, "I might be willing to continue watching Doctor Who." And then you mm-hmm. told me like you don't have enough TV shows to watch. It's true. <laughs> you, need, you need more TV. Yeah. I, I do need more TV. Um I loved the acting. I loved how personable the doctor is. I loved just all of it. It was fun and I don't know. It was different from, definitely different from what I was expecting because of what I got watching the garbage from (laughs) (laughs) the beginning. And that's one of the few times I will like, I mean, that's my opinion, but I think most people can, uh, can agree that it was garbage. Just, yeah. I I disagree. I disagree. I think it's hard to get through. Like once you, you... yeah, yeah, no, I I get that part. Like now I like that episode, which is funny, but it took me like four times to get through it the first time. I was like, oh no, I don't, I don't even want to watch this anymore. I was like mannequins, really? But no, this was fun and aliens. And I, I've not been as much of a, like I, as much of a sci-fi nerd. I really like Star Trek, but I, that's one of the few sci-fi things that i really like i mean star wars is sci-fi but it's also different it's a space opera but this was fun and i can't wait to see where it goes i think i do want to keep watching and seeing how it turns out i don't want to say anything about how the episode ends because we're asking (laughs) people to stick around you know laura what what's cool about it is I, i thought it was a great a reintroduction to who the Doctor is, especially for people who may not have seen uh, Doctor Who before. Um, that, that's very true. I think it was pretty easy for me to get into. I know bits and pieces of what things are, but I don't have this huge background of like knowing the lore and all. Like I know what a sonic screwdriver is, kind of, and <laughs> um, I know that the Doctor regenerates and. But it, the, I didn't need to know 
anything else to get what was going on in this episode. Yeah. And I really appreciated that, because otherwise I would have been like, Josue, what are you asking me to watch this for? <laughs> <laughs> on the Discord, somebody asked where they should start. I was like, actually, this this is the episode to start in now, if you're, mm-hmm. if you're jumping on now, because like you don't even see the TARDIS. Like, there, there's yeah. no explanation about where he's from or where she's from, <laughs> where the doctor's mm-hmm. from, where the, like, Gallifrey technology, things like that, bigger on the inside or the outside. Like, all that stuff is, is like, we're going to save that for later. They introduced yeah. a traveler that helps people. You got a sense of who she is. And the way that they presented the sonic screwdriver is cool because other yeah. doctors have literally just like walked into the TARDIS and then the sonic screwdriver pops up and then they take it and then they walk away. And then now they have this tool for, for them to use. Yeah. I thought it was really cool that she made it. Um, I, I love that. Yeah. And it also makes sense why it looks that way now. Like I, that was one thing I was wondering about is why does her sonic screwdriver seem so different than the past few doctors? Because they've all been these evolution of, of a similar design. Uh, so I think that's been great. I, I think this is my favorite introduction of a new doctor in the new series that we've now had for a long time. Uh, since the 11th hour, that was one of the episodes, Husway, that was on your list of episodes to watch. And I thought that episode was a fantastic introduction. This, I think, does it even better better and the other thing that uh, there's two more things that really stuck out to me that i need to mention um boy there are a lot of brown people in this doctor who world and that made me really happy um i have many different people who (laughs) are representing uh or, or who i um whose representation i can identify with we we talked in the past episode i forget which one about like representation that um we kind of grew up with and like inspired us and i didn't really have many people that looked like me Uh, there's a few people that look like me here which is awesome and the other thing is i just appreciate that this is a a brand new style the cinematography looks very different than what we've seen in um the past um few seasons in the Stephen Moffat era, the the past producer. So this is clearly a new beginning with a new doctor, a new look, a new feel, and it seems like a much more inclusive. We even have representation of dyspraxia. Like what? Like that is not something you usually see on TV. So that is awesome. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've, I have my sonic screwdriver in my hand. It's kind of weird. I'm, I'm a little bothered by how different it looks on the show than the one I bought. Because I think <laughs> I described it to you. I remember earlier. when you were when you got it at Comic Con, you were like, "Is this thing made of like wood or something?" Yeah, yeah. So, so this thing has wood grain. It does not look like molten metal. It looks very, mm. very different than what ended up being in the show. I don't know why mine looks like it was carved out of a tree, and that one looks like it was like. <laughs> spoons melted together maybe yours is a pre-production concept art i don't know did i buy a knockoff like what happened what did i do you got an official (laughs) knockoff it's that's a big toy thing is they need to start molding and start production on those toys often before the show's design is finalized yeah 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 i mean that that just makes it even more special and collectible Josue. no i want um i want authenticity you just have Uh, to buy another one yeah, <laughs> I, which I will. Um, so I, I, I love Jodie Whittaker as the doctor. She had to show the world that she was the doctor, right? And I think that that happened. And yeah. if, you, if you're if you new to the show, like, trust me, she's the doctor. Right? It's like, if this show, if, if you wouldn't have told me it was Doctor Who, I would have been like, whoa, she's, she's playing the doctor. And from what I've <laughs> seen of like clips and stuff from before, oh yeah, she's the doctor. Like I, I get yeah, it. and and part of the fun of having a new doctor is seeing 
how different their take is on the character, but also how similar yeah. it is to yep. the previous ones. So after one episode, or during one episode, I feel like she is very much Peter Capaldi. Like, it is so eerie how similar she is to him. And in this particular episode. So it's going to be interesting to see how different she is later. On the Discord, somebody mentioned that uh, they were getting a lot of David Tennant vibes. Um, but to me, it was like, she was just like, still, like she was still letting go of Peter Capaldi, right? Because yep. she's yep. regenerating, she's changing. Um, so that I liked. Now, okay, so I, I, I really, and Ali, you're the perfect person to have this conversation with. <laughs> oh, yeah. I we talk about brown people? Uh, no, no, <laughs> no. I, uh, my, my reactions to the episode. Yeah. Uh, I I liked it a lot, but I did not enjoy it mm. like I usually enjoy a Doctor Who episode mm-hmm. because this is like a gritty reboot. This mm-hmm. is the DC Universe movie version of Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. This is dark. This is a lot like the 1996 uh, movie, which was the first attempt at a reboot after the, you know, uh, in the 90s, mm-hmm. where the seventh doctor is actually shot in an alleyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the for seventh him, doctor is Batman's parents. For, for, yes. Yeah, for him to, for, for him to regenerate. And uh, so this was, this was like very serious for a Doctor Who episode. See, like part of the reason why I didn't enjoy the first uh, Eccleston episode is because it is so goofy and so campy. And then, yeah. but now yeah, that's yeah. what I love about the show, right? Like that right. is, that is what the show is, uh, you know, in, in a big part. Like he still has his badass moments, but the Doctor is, like it's a goofy show. It's a kid's show. This was like, th- there were three murders and like three messed up, again, like three messed up murders, like, like, like people talk about how dark the DC universe is. Like they had a man, the security guard, talking to his grandchild. Yeah, that was sad. And ten <laughs> seconds later, they killed him. I was like, what? That was really sad. Why? That was so messed up. Like that's some dark sense of humor right there. <laughs> as soon as he, we found out he's talking to his uh, granddaughter, I was like, oh, this dude's dead. This this dude has died real soon. <laughs> but you would never think that at watching Doctor Who. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna gently push back. And say one of the other episodes that uh, Husue you recommended to me is Blink, and uh, that that episode. I've knows- heard I've heard that that is a messed up episode. It's terrifying. <laughs> so it is so. so but, there's a, scary. but there's a difference between there's a lot of episodes that are like horror episodes. Yeah. Right. Like um like the one with the library. Like there are episodes that are straight up horror. Like at least once a season. There is a pretty yeah, scary yeah, yeah. There's, yeah, there's, there's ghost like, episodes. There's a lot of stuff. There's a there's an episode where, like you meet the devil, right? Like Satan <laughs> is like tied right. up in chains and fire. And like there are it, it gets dark in that way. But not like in gritty reboot territory dark. Well, okay, you know okay. What I mean? So um it 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 does have a little bit of a different cinematic vibe and I, I, I totally super, like it's like 13, 14, 15 shades darker. Like the whole like the cinematography, the lighting, everything is darker. And and the scenes where we see I I believe it's Ryan practicing how to ride a bicycle is beautiful, well lit on this hill, like this beautiful vista that makes you want to like pick up your bags and just go vacation wherever this this town is in in the UK. I mean half the episode is at night, Josue. I know, I know. (laughs) That's that's exactly my point. So I'm not complaining. I'm just saying I was very surprised. 
if this is the new direction, this is like Star Trek Discovery, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like, huh, well, huh, and, and okay, okay. So just to, I'm not like gonna... if she if she drops an f bomb the next episode, oh I'm like, gosh. okay, I wouldn't be surprised because oh that's the gosh. tone that they've set. <laughs> that would, I would not be. Re- I, I'm not ready for that. That um, happened in Discovery. And I was like, <gasps> I know, but then we got used to it. I know, and then we had nudity in Star Trek Discovery, and you were like, what? We saw so, butts. We did. Uh, um, <laughs> the episode also ends in a very terrifying way without spoiling exactly what happens. It's kind of scary, the very last visual you have. And it's also, um, Josue, I was a little unnerved because, like, where's the intro sequence? The whole episode, I was like, oh, they're saving the intro for the very end, huh? It's going to be like, she's going to say, um, the doctor, and then it's going to be, but that never happened. It never came. So it is... um unsettling and very different i would say more than our last few regenerations because it's not just a new doctor but it is a new executive production team that's now working on this show it's the um if gosh i think i'm remembering this correctly but it's the former executive producer of the spinoff uh torchwood he was the, yeah, he was the head writer on Torchwood. He was That's technically right. the head writer on the last season. Yeah. He wasn't the showrunner, but he was the last season on Do the you remember on season his name? series. 10. Yeah, Chris Chibnall. Yeah, so this is his first yeah. episode, his new vision that he's bringing to the show. And you feel it. You feel it more than we felt uh, with the transition to Peter Capaldi or the transition to Matt Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's very different. It's very different. But that's that's what I so love about Doctor Who more than other science fiction, we know it gets this beautiful reboot while still continuing the the continuity, the canon. It's not as much of a reboot as it, I mean, I guess you could say a regeneration, but it's more of a, um, I don't know, uh, a restart? It's a, it's a. Uh, That's a reboot. Oh, gosh, so what what <laughs> is this? What is this thing? Because it's so unique. I, I don't know many other science fiction series that have that have stayed true to its canon while reinventing itself every few years. But that's so, Doctor Who. So Doctor Who is my favorite TV show, and it still is. Because <laughs> I'm not complaining. I'm just saying it's very different. And the show has in its DNA the ability to do this right in particular change an, a, a character that has been portrayed by a male lead for over 50 years and it's a woman and it's okay because that is not only is it okay it's like it is built into what the show is you know there is it and that's something that i like that the show this episode it didn't it didn't make a big deal out of it it was like there was that great moment where it's like why are you calling me madam because you are a woman she's like oh really does it suit me cool but let's let, let's you know and let's like, talk about aliens. Let's it? fix the problem. Like <laughs> like it. an hour ago, I was a I was a white haired Scotsman That's or right. something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like this is this is just normal uh, doctor stuff. You know, it's just I I love later at the end. She's like, it's been a long time since I bought women's clothing. Uh, and, and she's, <laughs> what does and that she, mean? And in, in, but many times, um, the the doctor has made comments where it's like he doesn't remember if he was a man or a woman during yeah. a particular time. Yeah, yeah. And so even though, I mean, canonically right now, there's like, you know, we know how many doctors have been in between. This is this is the 14th uh, regeneration. 
I mean, there's always like those hints of like, what? Like, what is he talking about? What happened? <laughs> <clears throat> That's what I love about this character so much. This character is, um, you just want to hang out with this person. Um, they're they're fun. They say so. They say little, but say so much. You know, <laughs> and um, just the, the the discovery and the joy and the curiosity and engineering and problem solving and care and concern and empathy. This character is so unique in the world of science fiction. Um, it's just such a joy to see them. And it, this is Jodie Whittaker is such a doctor, such a doctor. And we're not the only ones that think so. This premiere had the highest ratings in like 10 years for Doctor Who. I think 9 million people watched uh, Jodie Whittaker become the doctor. Oh my gosh, I'm just, I'm, I'm just really excited. Yeah, lots of, lots, of, lots of excitement around this one. <laughs> uh, it's funny, you said like you want to hang out with the character. I think the best example of hanging out with the doctor is uh, the Lodger episodes. Um, but I think a close second, there's an episode called The Power of Three, and where the doctor is just waiting around for days for something to happen. And uh, he is so impatient. <laughs> and he's just like hanging around the house trying to be normal. <laughs> and he, he cannot take it, and uh, the writer, the writer of that episode is Chris Chibnall. So, mm. um, which that is one of my favorite episodes. So, like, I feel good about where everything is going. It's jarring, right? But it's I'm 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 on board. Can we can we talk companions a little bit? We can, yeah. I I want to talk about the companions because I really like them. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what's cool here is, again, I'm going to reference the 11th hour because the 11th hour does a great job of introducing Amy Pond. Um, you don't have to say it in a way that's offensive to a whole country. I'm not. I'm, I'm trying to honor. Um, I'm trying to honor Math Smith's. Uh, unique way of saying Amy Pond. But that that episode does it. Um, you really see the connection between the doctor and the person who's going to become his new companion. And I, I don't know. I haven't read any spoilers if um, the people who are with the doctor at the end of this episode, if they all become um, this doctor's companions or not. But I, I like these people. I, I want to learn more about them and I want to see them interact with the doctor um, even more. And we'll we'll definitely have uh, way more to to dissect about Doctor Who since we've we just have one episode. <gasps> I'm so glad it's back. Oh, I'm so happy. It's it's been a, it's been a long wait. It's been a long wait. Wait, Josue, are we getting a Christmas special this year? Of course, too? we're getting a Christmas special. Oh, <laughs> yes, I mean, they can change everything yes. that they want. They can make it the darkest. Like they can, like the Doctor can drop f bombs, start shooting guns. I don't care, but they better do a Christmas episode. That's dude, where I draw the line, dude. We are like just a couple of months away from that. It, this happens every year. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm putting, I'm connecting the dots in my head. We've got like the season and then we've got this Christmas special that's just around the corner. This is going to be an awesome fall. I, I'm really excited. There have been years where we only had a Christmas special. Yep. We didn't even have a season. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, trust me, it's, it's the, <laughs> we're going to have a Christmas special. Oh. Ali, you said it's going to be happening? an awesome fall. You know that Christmas happens in winter, right? Yeah, oh. Ali. <laughs> oh, see, I, I'm just so, um, I'm so uh, excited. I've, I've lost my, my, um, my ability to calculate seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And so, so this is a great start for having a female doctor. Like, it, like 
like you said, like super great ratings. The reactions have been amazing. Personally, like I think she's great. And that's it's just so great. And uh, we have a few uh, more examples. Another one that I'm super excited about is the new She-Ra series. She-Ra! Yeah, which is, for people who don't know, there is the He-Man cartoons. I mean, there have been multiple He-Man cartoons over the years, but like the most popular one was from the 80s. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, it was. He has a sister um, who's She-Ra, and she was the princess of power. And so Netflix has a new series called She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. And they just released a like three-minute trailer during New York Comic Con, and whoa. <laughs> right so so Lara and I love Noel Stevenson she's great Noel's uh, the coolest <laughs> as a person but I, I, as a creator and an yeah. artist <laughs> amazing as well yeah 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 and so she's the showrunner for this show and there's just there's just so many cool things that show up in the trailer and one of the things that uh, I love is like there's no mention of He-Man right there's no there's no need the second Doctor Who, right? Like it doesn't it doesn't matter. Like this is our hero. This is the person that's going to in this in, in Shira's case is a leader. Like she in according to the trailer, she is uniting the princesses of the different kingdoms and they're all warriors. Who needs men? Yeah. I mean, you know, they don't even have to say it, right? Like we can mm-hmm. we can see. <laughs> it's it's pretty awesome. And I mean, in, in general, the story looks cool, but just the the idea, right, that you don't you don't need He-Man to have an awesome She-Ra show. That's one thing I'm super excited about. And the other one, like we just got this. I mean, we're recording earlier in the week than we usually do, but we just got our first photo of Batwoman from the from the Arrowverse mm-hmm. uh, new series oh. that's coming out. And again, this is another example of like in the comics, like there's a there's a long history, right? There was first there was Batman and then there was Batwoman. But in Arrow, in the in the Arrowverse during this crossover, like they've never mentioned Batman. There is no I mean, I think Bruce Wayne or Wayne Industries has been mentioned, but there's like, no there's Batman a in this sli- world. There was something like in passing on one episode yeah, or two. Yeah. 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 So there is no Batman. And maybe in her world, because I, I think she's gonna be from from a parallel world. Um, I f- even if there was a Batman in that world, we're not going to see it. Like it doesn't matter for us. We're only going to see Kate Kane. We're going to see Batman. We have who needs Batman? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> we have Ruby and, Rose Batwoman. And uh, that costume. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am. I am. Yeah. Yeah. Straight uh, out of the comics. Straight out is, of the comics. Yeah. It is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> we talked about what it might look like before, but not only straight out of the comics. The like the cowl. Looks like the movies, you know, like, mm-hmm. like, oof, yeah, man, yeah. I thought it would be. See, I don't like the costumes of the Arrow shows. I think they are the worst thing about those shows. It's uh, hard for me to get past them. But this costume is, um, it's pretty damn good. <laughs> I haven't been following a lot of the DV- DC TV shows, but it, it seems like they're really embracing the DC multiverse. Um, is that is that right? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. so cool. Yeah. Flash like, jumps around have, from planet to planet. We have different versions of the characters. You've got some Some of them are in some uni- one universe and some of them are in another, but they cross over and they're friends, even they see each other. And the, the, the last giant crossover was Crisis on Earth X. So like, wow. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and they even like the first time that um, Barry Allen travels to a different world, he kind of sees the multiverse. We actually see it. And Whoa. it canonically establishes that the original Flash TV series was another world. What? It's pretty, yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's really cool. I, I think yeah. DC's doing that's that's pretty cool. That they're doing cool stuff, and I I really want to tune in to see this version of Batwoman. Yeah, there's going to be a crossover called Elseworlds, 
um, which probably means something to people who follow comics. And uh, it's going to be like a three or four part, uh, three part crossover. And that's where they're interest, introducing the character. And then after that, she's supposed to have her own show. Well, and wait, when is this happening? Because I don't need December. Eno- I don't need any more TV shows. You need more TV shows in your life. Well. <laughs> wait, Josue, are you telling me we can watch this and then later watch the Christmas special for Doctor Who? Yes, they all happen in December. Badass women, oh Christmas. Oh <laughs> also, Shira will. Christmas is badass women shows, and Shira will be, have been on Netflix by then too. So, oh which comes out in November, oh I believe. Gosh. And yep. hopefully, we'll have a Wonder Woman trailer by then too. Maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, but we haven't talked about the Captain Marvel trailer, by the way. No, holy oh shit! Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Punching old ladies in the face—that was amazing. That was a couple that- weeks ago, but damn, that was so- <laughs> oh was such a talk good about another costume right out of the comics. Josue, wasn't it you that uh, asked your your nephew, was it? Yeah, my four-year-old nephew. I was like, what's your favorite part? He's like, uh, my favorite part was when uh, Captain Marvel punched the old lady on the bus. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. That's great. I'm really excited. Uh, yeah. I'm excited for Captain Marvel to basically become the most powerful hero in the Marvel Cinematic Universe because that's She's what's about to She's going to save the universe. <laughs> yes, literally. She yes. is going to save everyone, or at least I'm, half the universe. I don't want to get yeah. into it, but but I think Avengers 4 is going to surprise us with a lot of different things. I think it's going yeah. to be 100% predictable, just like the first Infinity War was, which is not... Um, I'm kidding. It was not predictable. I know <laughs> exactly. That exactly. Yeah. All right. So, so these are kind of our reactions and kind of like uh, kind of what's been going on in the world of badass female heroes. Um, so let's take a quick break and then come back and talk about why this matters. On November 3rd, the Geek Therapy community is participating in the annual Extra Life Marathon, where we play games for 24 hours to raise funds for Children's Miracle Network hospitals around the world. Since 2008, Extra Life has raised more than $40 million for sick and injured kids. If you want to help out, you have two options. Visit geektherapy.com slash extra life. And one, join our team and raise funds from friends and family and play on November 3rd. Or two, donate right now to any member of Rare Candy. On November 3rd, Geek Therapy will be streaming live for 24 hours as we continue to raise funds on game day. Visit geektherapy.com slash extra life to learn more, join our team, or donate. Thank you, and I hope to see you on November 3rd. And we're back. So let's do our Media Matters segment. Media Matters. Let's stay on topic. Uh, there were a few articles that I found this week. Some of the more interesting ones were uh, one on IGN. It was an essay written by Jodie Whittaker about how the, uh, it says, it, it's called How Doctor Who Can Change Your Life. And basically it's her talking about how important she knows that this role is for girls, for boys, you know, yeah. just in general. And because remember, she has a fan base that hasn't seen her episode by, you know, by when she Everyone writes this. Everyone was super excited, yeah, before the episode aired. Yeah, it's like, I, I mean, I bought the Sonic Screwdriver, and I, I didn't know if I was going to like this Doctor, you know? I was, <laughs> you I was bought hoping. It before, you bought it before they did their Comic-Con panel? Yeah, exactly, like. <laughs> exactly. And, and like, Jodie Whittaker is, uh, she stars in my favorite episode of Black Mirror, but, like, I, I dislike her in that episode. She's like, <laughs> I really dislike her. Like, the only thing I knew her from is a character that I did not like. So I was coming into this a little reluctant. I was like, well, you know, you, she had to do a lot for me to, you know, undo that dislike. <laughs> she did fine. But that's a really cool essay, and I'll put a link to that in the in the show notes. Because it's kind of like from her perspective, the stories that she's heard from different people and, like, the responsibility that she understands that she has um, to to carry this forward and and again it's it's not only a beloved character but it's 
it is the first time that it is a female playing that role. And it's a, it's really good. Um, something else that uh, I saw was, this was a CNET article. I'm sure a few other places covered it. And uh, the article says, Wonder Woman boosts girls' self-esteem, study finds. And it talks about a study that shows basically something can that we I talked for, about. Can I first say no shit? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> something something we've talked about so many times here on the show. Um, and they even have uh, a quote there from someone which uh, is not Gina Davis, but I always talk about how the Gina Davis Institute, um, their motto is, if she can see it, she can be it. Yes. I think they did yeah. it. I, I think they did the opposite. And the thing was like, if they can't see, if she can't see it, she can't um, be it. And duh, exactly. Thank you, Lara. Mm-hmm. That's pretty mm-hmm. much, that pretty much sums it up. <laughs> but I'll put a link to that also because it's just, it just, it came out today. And then the article starts talking about Jodie Whittaker's Doctor. And uh, one more article I found about Doctor Who was about something you mentioned earlier, Ali, which is uh, Ryan, the character of Ryan Sinclair's dyspraxia. And Again, something that we've brought up so many times in the past. Like these are these TV shows are opportunities for like we're learning, right? Period. Like uh, it's funny. I've been spending a lot of time with my niece and nephew, and uh, they're obsessed with Pokemon, and they've learned the names of hundreds of Pokemon in the span of a couple months. They probably know more than I do. Oh, they definitely do, and and they're like that's they're working on memory, right? Memorization. They're Mm -hmm. learning how different systems work, right? They're learning to spell these really weird things, and all of that is going to help them memorize other information, right? Like they're working out that part of their brain, and uh, they're learning stuff. Like we, my point is, we learn from from fiction, and to have something like dyspraxia, which I didn't know what it was, right? I googled it afterwards. And and now I know, and I'll, and I'll put an article about that also um, in the show notes. It, it's called "Why Doctor Who's Ryan Sinclair and His Bicycle Matters," and it's from uh, the blog Blogter Who blog, which is pretty cool. I'll put a link that uh, to that there. So what's what's cool here is um, when I was watching that episode and he mentioned dyspraxia, I was like, "That's not dyspraxia." I've di- I diagnosed dyspraxia when I was in training. And it was for fine motor movements. And I went online to kind of read more about it. And I was like, no, actually, it's also for gross motor movements, not just fine movements like with your hands, like riding with a pencil, but also larger movements like riding on a bike. So I was like, whoa, that's cool. I just like checked myself before I wrecked myself online (laughs) by complaining about this stuff. And so Doctor Who just taught me something. Um, right there and then. Um, it, it's so important to have that kind of representation and just to uh, to challenge some of these stereotypes. There's such a big stereotype around uh, motor movements and um, associating someone's coordination with intelligence. I see that happen often. And what's cool about this episode is it, it decouples those things. You know, this is one part of who he is, is he does have difficulty coordinating how he's moving but that's there's a lot more to him than that yeah and again we've only had one episode but yeah let's see how that plays out you know when will there be situations when that is a problem and how does he handle it and how do his friends handle it it's gonna be interesting to see what they do like my hope is that they don't do a sci-fi cheap way of like well they cured him of a dyspraxia because this alien race had like a pill or something like that you know that would that would not be good I feel like they wouldn't do that if, I mean, because it was, it seems so important in this episode, like starting with the bicycle, having him Mm -hmm. 
sharing on YouTube and mentioning I've talked about this before. You know, he ta- it, it seems it almost seems like his YouTube channel is about his experience with dyspraxia. Yeah. And he's doing this one video to talk about his grandmother because he always talks about that other thing. Uh, Doctor Who's got a pretty good track record in, over the last few years. One of my uh, with uh, dealing with mental health. One of my favorite episodes was uh, one in which Peter Capaldi's doctor talked about anxiety being like rocket fuel. And if you haven't heard that quote or if you don't remember it, just look it up online, uh, Doctor Who, Anxiety, Rocket Fuel. And there's so much that that quote educates the audience about how anxiety um, uh, impacts your body and the changes that happen inside. And it's such a empowering way to talk about it that also makes you less scared of it and realizes that, hey, this is an emotion that in many situations is so incredibly helpful and you are built to experience it. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm optimistic. I, I think you're right, Josue. I think they're gonna. this is going to be a thread that we're going to see throughout the season. But there's also an episode where uh, the doctor is blind for an episode and then they fix that. So, I mean, you know, it, it, who knows? Well, and, and one of the things that. that was important about that article about Ryan is that it said the important part is that at the beginning he can't ride a bike and at the end he still can't ride a bike. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that it's not just some miracle thing that he can ride the bike and he keeps trying. Totally. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's like, Oh, like I'm, I'm more motivated now, so I'm gonna do it, or I'm gonna do it for my grandma. It's like it's not, it's not that easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't work like that. But, but it's good that you keep trying. <laughs> yeah, but there are those moments like Yaz was super supportive. Like, are you sure you can climb up this ladder? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah I can do it. Like, I, I want, I want to do this. I want to try. You know, and he's he's able to to be a member of the group and be helpful. All right, so those articles I found I'll put in the show notes. And now, so let's go into, a, you know, our, our usual type of media matters um, and, and examples that each of you uh, or each of us have brought. So, Ali, what do you what do you have? Can I, can I go way back? I mean, this is Doctor Who, so can I, can I go a little timey-wimey? I went back to the 1996 reboot. Okay, well, I'm going back. <laughs> hey, I'm going back to 1996, too. So, oh. I, I want to talk about Star Trek Voyager just for a moment. And um, Star Trek Voyager, for those of you who don't know, was a... Um, a Star Trek series that came on after Star Trek The Next Generation ended, but we already had Star Trek Deep Space Science. So this was the one, two, three, fourth Star Trek series. But it was very notable because it was... On UPN. On UPN. On UPN. United Paramount Network. The first network for the 21st century, I think is what they said right before it started. Um, (laughs) R.I.P. UPN, the network of Star Trek and wrestling. And Buffy's last season. And Buffy. And Buffy's last season, yeah. (laughs) And Sinbad. (laughs) Moesha? Was Moesha on? Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's some good stuff there. So, <laughs> um, what it was? It was really um, famous, um, or a lot of press was uh, was focused on um, the first female captain um, leading a Star Trek TV series. Now, we had had women in leadership positions in Star Trek before, but never the lead in the show. And I just want to say, um, there's so much amazing things I could say about Star Trek Voyager, but I just want to say, as a young boy growing up, um, now I think 
I've never really questioned the idea of of women in leadership roles or women um, being in managerial roles or or anything like that. It's never really been something that's um, uh, like I I thought women aren't capable, and I think so much of it honestly comes down to Star Trek Voyager, not just because of Captain Catherine Janeway, but also Bellana Torres. Uh, she plays the chief engineer. Um, Seven of Nine is a character that's introduced later on. Um, the women on that show were so badass, amazing, empathetic, supportive, warriors, all the things that make um, a Star Trek character so awesome. So I don't know. I was getting very similar vibes um, here as I was with uh, Star Trek Voyager. You know, I think about my my mom and my sister and my my mom's mom too. Like, they're like badass women who like worked really hard. Like I never felt, I, they, they weren't like just housewives, you know, like they, they all had jobs. They were totally independent. And I always had that image of a strong female leader, someone who took charge. But I, I know not a lot of people have that. So that's why I mean, that's a, that's a great example, right? Like going all the way back, like maybe, you know, how, how often did those things? Yeah. Right now it's pretty good because there's so many examples, but back then like that, that particular one stood out and they, they matter. <laughs> they definitely matter. Yeah. I've, I've been reading a little bit about um, some of the research on social surrogates, but it's this whole idea of um, how important it can be um, when you're alone or isolated or you belong to a group that might be marginalized in some way, to see yourself in media or to see stories about people that you can relate to in media and how much it can teach you and, um, and also make you feel less alone. And I think a lot of the characters we're talking about here have, have done just that. Um, and uh, you're so right, Josue, like that um, just to see women in these roles, I think, can be life-changing for people of uh, of all genders. I mean, Lara has brought up like 50 times, I think, in the past year <laughs> that in Supergirl, they established that Supergirl is stronger than Superman. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like that matters. Like that is that is a big deal. You know, I mean, just it. And it was like it, it was one episode, you know, that was and, and it was in one scene that it's established. It's not something that, you know, she's bragging about all the time. <laughs> because that's not that, what Supergirl is. Exactly. She exactly. Brag. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But it's like, oh, the, there there was a situation. She was equipped to handle it like that's And that matters that we get able to see Superman that. Superman yeah. says you're stronger than me. Yeah. He admits yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like a validation and a recognition that, like, mm-hmm. yeah, we're we can do the same thing, yeah. Which is kind of like uh, I think what's so cool about all these shows we're talking about, right? It's like we don't we don't need the guy, <laughs> we don't need him. <laughs> Men, who needs him? <laughs> Wonder Woman agrees. She does. <laughs> <laughs> Lara, do you have uh, an example? Yeah, um, I've been playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey this Ooh, week. Good example. Yeah, so, so good, so good. <laughs> Um, obviously I picked to play the female character, Cassandra. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, she's so awesome and badass. And this is the first time in, in one of the main Assassin's Creed games where you can play a female character and you're not forced to sometimes play the male character. She is a lead. I want to, I wish that they could do some kind of study on what, how many times people pick her other than i don't even know what the dude's name is so i believe i believe 
that there is a website. Ubisoft has a website okay. where, where it tracks different stats, that pe- different things that people are doing. Yeah, because there's so many moral choices and things to make in this game. Yeah. yeah. This is, yeah, it's so cool. But one of the cool things, Lauren's going to be really sad she missed this because I'm going to talk about smoochies. Oh, yeah. There's lots of smoochies, and you can romance characters of all genders. It's pretty cool. And I was really excited to see that. Um, That's something that hasn't... I mean, Assassin's Creed games have had some queer representation in the past but as a playable character not really and it's been it's been cool to see her be a badass and then when when you romance the ladies you take charge it's pretty cool <laughs> <laughs> so definitely a fun experience and i i love all the assassins creed games i'm a big history buff but so far I've really liked Origins. This one's even better to me. I am having so much fun playing and running around and being just as much of a badass soldier as anyone else and being able to take on as a as a mercenary taking on like 10 Spartan warriors or, or Athenian warriors and they're coming at me and I can kill them all. It's great. Um, <laughs> I'm better than all of Set them. Set your sword on fire, kill everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I, saw, I saw online that uh, you can, you, you have a ship Right. Yes. And yes. you can have a full female crew. Yes, and there's want. a trophy yeah. for having a full female crew. Really awesome. <laughs> and ramming a ship, I think, with the full female crew. <laughs> and I did that. Awesome. <laughs> and awesome. they sing sea shanties, and it sounds so beautiful. Oh, it's so fun. It's great. I think the most important thing is that Cassandra can Spartan kick just as badass mm-hmm. as uh, Alexios is the other one. Is he, uh, the guy? I don't, I don't know. I forgot uh, the name of the, probably, the guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who cares? We who needs that? Him? Ma- that we makes got Cassandra. sense. Who that makes him? sense. But who cares? But she, yeah. Cassandra, but they, it's, yeah. Ali, it's like it's that Spartan kick from three hundred. Like this is Sparta. And oh it kicks him. yeah, yeah, like, that's yeah, a, yeah. That's a move <laughs> in the game. The be- yeah. Do the beginning the of the game is this is Sparta. Like. Yeah. And it's like it is. It it looks it looks amazing. Oh man. It's so it's so fun everyone should go out and play it it's so good yeah there's again so much so much going on on this topic and it's something we've talked about in the past but it's like man now it's now it's your favorite assassin's creed game now it's in my favorite series star wars right same thing mm-hmm. like we have we've had ray now like this is the ray is the hero of the trilogy what are your what are your general feelings about like where we are now particularly you lara as female i f- i feel like like, I appreciate all the geeky stuff and all the awesome things that I grew up with. And I feel like the, the 80s and 90s were, were a great time. But I wish I could be a kid right now. I was talking with my wife about the kinds of things that our kids are going to be able to watch growing up and the things that we're going to make them watch because there are really cool things right now uh-huh. that I feel like they need to see. I am very hopeful for the future of the world with all the, the awesome empowering nurturing badass women that both boys and girls and children of non-binary persuasion will be able to have be ex- be able to experience what is really exciting here for me is we're we're starting to see more characters that have um more intersecting identities um um, in comic books, on TV, and movies, I think movies are lagging behind TV, and TV's lagging behind books and and comics. But we're still seeing it. And my favorite example remains Miss Marvel. Like 
to to imagine a future where there is a comic book character who is a Pakistani um, American Muslim girl growing up in New Jersey who's also a giant fan of Marvel characters and and becomes one and to imagine that this would be a story that I could read in comics and then watch in cartoons uh, I would have never have dreamt anything like that when I was a kid and um, and that was a uh, the birthday gift I got my my nephew was the omnibus for Miss Marvel um, and I was like here read this <laughs> it's amazing so um, Laura I, I completely agree with you um, uh, being a new dad I'm it's awesome to think about that like wow there is so much stuff I can show and celebrate with my daughter and I also the challenge with that is I, I think about some of the stuff I wanted to share that I grew up with and I'm like mm, this is not mm, this isn't like hold up to 2018 in terms of our representation and inclusivity like this is not something I want to expose my daughter to <laughs> so it's it's like a it's a cool world where where we um, are right now it's um, not one I ever imagine we would be in yeah i've talked about my niece a lot and laura has seen pictures of her dressed up as wonder woman and (laughs) uh when we came out of black panther she was like i want to be shuri you know and that wasn't like shuri like my my nephew wanted to be black panther and she wanted to be shuri and not only was it cool that like these two light-skinned puerto rican kids wanted to be black characters but also like they each had a uh someone that they identified with uh with their gender but then also it's like one wasn't necessarily better than the other. Like, we all know Shuri is pretty badass and she's mm-hmm. a hell of a lot smarter than T'Challa, right? So it's like, you know, you'd probably beat him in a fight, you know? Like, it was so cool that she has these characters and it's not hard. It's not, she's, she doesn't have just the one, you know? She's already planning her next birthday next year, which she's like, I want to dress up as Miss Marvel. I, as, I mean, I want to dress Captain up as Captain Marvel. Marvel and have an Avengers party, you know? Like, it, like, your niece spoilers is the for, coolest. Yeah, spoilers for your your <laughs> your future for when your kids grow up. They've got a lot to choose from, definitely. All right, so let's go into our geek therapy segment where we talk about something that was uh, in the last week, either therapeutic in the most general sense, uh, made us feel good or helped us get through something tough. Uh, Ali, what was your geek therapy? Uh, my geek therapy for this week is a show I am talking about wherever and whenever I can because no one else has really heard of it. Uh, it is Catastrophe. So this is a show that originally aired in the UK. It's available in the United States on Amazon Prime. Uh, three seasons. And it starts with um, a couple and how they meet and how they fall in love, and the show goes from there. I can't say much more about it because they would all be spoilers, but why it is my geek therapy for this week is um, it's it's a show that my wife and I have been watching together, and it is so validating. Um, if anyone has been in a long-term relationship, you will definitely identify with this couple and the issues that they go through, the stuff that they say to each other. They have such a honest relationship and they share so many things that like, 
probably my wife and I have thought of, but haven't shared with each other. So it's it's just been an absolute joy to watch. It's a comedy, 25 minutes. This probably sounds more like a sales pitch now, but that's probably because I want you to watch this show. And if I haven't sold you on it yet, it is uh, Carrie Fisher's last TV show that she did. She is in it. She is in all three seasons, and she's awesome in it. So, Catastrophe on Amazon Prime. Check it out. Lara? My Geek Therapy. I don't know if it's from this last week, but it's definitely recently. (laughs) Um, Actually, it was... And I say Destiny a lot, but it was playing Destiny with my wife and you, Josue, and your niece and nephew. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was was so heartwarming listening to them. And there were some amazing moments like um, you telling your nephew that you're you're playing with your two friends and they're both girls. And he was like, what? It was the coolest thing. Um, and my and just, niece responded and, to the same uh, comment later with like, <gasps> like, it's so excited. You know, uh-huh. like, I'm like, my nephew was shocked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That girls could play video games. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then just having them every, every, I know it was not as fun for you because they were like jumping on you and They're literally and stepping you. on my head. Yeah. Um, but like, <laughs> hi, Tio's friends, like over and over again. And it was so cute hearing them talk about blasters and darts. <laughs> and you do, are you going to defeat them, Tio? Are you going to defeat them? It was so. So Which cute. level are you on? How many levels are there? It's <laughs> a really complicated question. It was so Is that cute. the bad guy? Yes. Oh, yeah. Why do you have green lasers and they have purple lasers? <laughs> I don't know. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was the greatest thing. Um, and it made me feel so happy. Um, <laughs> so fun. So that, fun. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, yeah, my geek therapy was definitely the Doctor Who premiere. I went away for the weekend with friends, so a whole bunch of us rented at an Airbnb, and we we were out in the country for the weekend. And then uh, on Sunday, everybody was going to go to the beach. So like a caravan of seven cars went out to to, to a nearby beach, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to sit this one out. Uh-huh. I'm like, Are you sure? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to sit this one out. <laughs> so I stayed behind. And I watched the last Christmas special, cried my eyes out, and then immediately, uh, you know, like I, I timed it so then I would watch the premiere. And the cell reception wasn't great there, but I made it work, you know. And I mm-hmm. and I watched it, and and I made it happen. And I didn't care what else was going on because that was the most important thing for me <laughs> on that day. I'm glad I had actually had cell phone reception there. I would have gone wherever I needed to go to uh, make it happen. But I love those moments, right? It's like no, it's like, like. I am like this is my thing, right? Like I am not, I cannot miss the global premiere of Doctor Who, and and I didn't. And uh, you would have had serious FOMO. Oh, the worst. Yeah, no, it was it was not going to happen. I was not going to allow this to happen. I would have I would have taken an Uber to like wherever there was cell phone reception. I would have I would have done whatever I had to do uh, to to make it happen. But I did, and uh, I I love moments like that. <laughs> didn't they do a simul a simulcast for UK and the US? Yeah, yeah, it was a global premiere. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's awesome. So it was one forty-five p.m. on a Sunday. Not only was it a global premiere, they just like kept repeating the episode. <laughs> oh, <afternoon>. man. <laughs> so I missed like seven opportunities. Yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah. You yep. missed every that's... broadcast of it. <laughs> okay, that's great. That sounds about right. Yep. That sounds yep. right. 
that about sums up my last year of my life. Yep. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. That's it for this episode of uh, GT Radio. Before we go, does anybody have anything to plug? Ali? <clears throat> I was. Uh, I made a guest appearance on a very small YouTube channel um, some of you might have heard of called BuzzFeed this week. Um, and it involves mental health representation in movies. So um, check out that episode on BuzzFeed. Laura? The usual extra life. Um, I believe people still like me more than you, Josue. <laughs> um, they, have, they have donated more to mine. Play games for 24 hours. Raise money for kids. For the Ask, kids. It's all for the kids. It is all for the kids. Can go to geektherapy.com slash extra life and see our team page. Join Rare Candy. Ask your friends and family to donate money, or you can donate money to any one of our lovely team members, preferably me, because you like me more than Josue. I also recommend Laura. <laughs> <laughs> all of the money goes to Children's Miracle Network hospitals. So it's a good cause and a lot of fun. The one thing I'm going to plug, again, I mentioned that at the beginning, is the GT Forum uh, thread for the community catch-up. So definitely add your thing to that thread so then we can talk about it here and, and make sure that everybody finds out about what you're doing. And we have one place where all that is happening. So like, for example, um, someone reached out to me this week that they're doing a, they're making a documentary called Gameflow. They started Kickstarter for it. And it's about how video games have helped people deal with mental health issues. Seems like a really cool project. And uh, I, I, I want people to know about it. So if you have a project like that or a blog post or anything that you've been that you've been working on, definitely let us know and add it to that thread. You can find that thread at forum.geektherapy.com. And for more Geek Therapy, visit geektherapy.com. Find us on Twitter at Geek Therapy individually. Ali is at Ali Matu. Lara is at Geek Therapist. And I am at Josue Cardona. Lauren's not here, but she is at Chicken Dinosaur. Thank you for joining us. Remember to geek out and do good, and we will talk to you next week. You've just listened to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. For more about Geek Therapy and all of our podcasts, visit geektherapy.com. And for extra content, including our monthly book club and other perks, consider becoming a member of Geek Therapy on Patreon for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com slash geektherapy. 